0: All right, I have a story. Has this ever happened to you? Maybe it has, maybe it hasn't. You go to the red box and you rent the video, the hottest new video of the movie that you've been wanting to watch. And then you go home expecting to watch it, but you find your spouse curled up on the couch in a blankie, looking, and the fire is roaring, and she's watching, in my case it would be she, is watching her favorite show, and you're like, oh man! But I really want to watch this Redbox video. And you know what? It's my turn. It's it's my turn to to get to do something at night. So you, you remind your spouse about that. Hey, you know it's uh, I, I know you're watching your favorite show, but you know I got this video. I just rented it for Redbox, and it, you know it's kind of my turn to have the TV. So. You know, you have a little bit of a dialogue back and forth and, you know, it might even get a little tense and you just kind of realize that you're losing ground and it gets to a point, it comes to a head and you say something like this, well, if you're a guy, you say something like this, you're just like your mother. No, you didn't. No, you didn't go there, did you? Well, it's too late because you already said it and so guess what? You get to sleep on the couch, enjoy your movie, right? That's the way it goes. Oh, I don't know if anybody's been somewhere close to that, but we're talking about quarrels and fights today. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna start uh, here in a minute. I just wanna do a little recap. We're in what we're calling Reaction Series because we had our Action Series start off in September, and we're studying in the, the book of James or the letter that James wrote. Now, if you don't know... James was the brother of Jesus, and he was not a believer while Jesus was doing his ministry, but he became a believer after Jesus was crucified, and then he was raised from the dead, and James saw all this happening and became a believer. So he's writing a letter to Jesus' followers, and he's talking about a lot of different things, and he breaks it down, he talks about a subject, then he makes it really practical for us. He started off talking about trials, and how trials really can grow our faith. And we talked about that for a few weeks. Then we talked about how hearing and listening is good, but doing is what it's about. So he encouraged us to hear and listen, but then do what you're hearing and what you're listening. He told us to tame our tongues, if you remember that one. Oh, shut my big mouth, I think is what we called it that day, right? So taming of the tongue, he talked about that. He said wisdom comes from above there is knowledge here on the earth but God's wisdom comes from above once again James is very practical he's talking about putting our faith into action so that's why we call it the action series well we took a break for uh, about a month and a half or so and now we're back we're going to finish up in January and we're calling this the reaction series so I'm heading to James chapter 4 if you want to follow me there James chapter 4, we read a verse out of that actually uh, at our last uh, lesson or teaching that we did right before we took a break. We were in James 4, but we just took a verse. Now we're going to start at the beginning of James 4. And if you don't know, we do have an app, the Connect Church app, and you can uh, follow us there. You can listen to podcasts if you miss them. Uh, we had a great time for the Christmas series, coming to Worship, and so all of our podcasts are there on our app, or you can also go online. James 1 starting, or James 4, starting in verse 1. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Man, that's a great question, isn't it? What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Have you ever asked that question? Sometimes, and maybe you have. Why is it that I am just fighting with my spouse all the time? It's just, I don't understand what's going on. Or why am I having so much conflict at work? Or why are my teachers just so unbearable at school, Joey? Oh, (laughs) Joey's a teacher. Sorry, I just had to throw that out there. Or why did my BFF unfriend me? I don't understand what's going on. Quarrels and fights. Well, let's keep reading and see what it says. Okay, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from your spouse's bad attitude? Wait a minute. No, that's not in there, is it? That's not what he said. Okay, oh, sorry. Uh, don't they come from the unreasonable expectations of your boss and your teachers? No, uh, it doesn't say that either. Oh, it's, it's because your BFF turned into a total blankety blank, blank, blank. No, it doesn't say that either in there. But here's what it does say. James doesn't go easy on us. He's really getting down to it today. It says this, what's causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? Oh, thanks, James. What you want, what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what other, peoples have, other people have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Man, he is just really laying it on the line. Yet, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask God for it, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. So there it is. James just lays it out. Why is there quarrels and fights among you? It's because of your pleasures, your passions, your evil desires. I have the definition of pleasure. It's a uh, hey, don't a. Eh. think that's an easy one to remember. Hey, don't eh. That's what it is in the Greek. And what that means is lust for pleasure. In the ESV, it says passions. So there's a a blank in your notes that I'm not going to fill in right now. You're going to fill it in. The problem with my relationships is my what? Whatever you want to put in there. What's the problem with your relationships? James gives us some ideas. He suggests maybe scheming, maybe jealousy, fighting, wrong motives, or maybe lust for pleasure. I'll just give you a second to fill in. How would you answer that yourself? The problem with my relationships is my what? Well, let's continue with verse 4. James 4, 4 says this, You adulterers! It's like, James, man. Chill out, dude. He's calling us adulterers. Now, you know, I've never cheated on my wife, so what does that mean? It means that I'm cheating on God, is what James is saying. He goes, you're cheating on God. Let's keep reading. Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. So James is just laying it right out there for us. It's all about that. Uh, I have another fill in your blank. A lot of times we call it the big idea. It's kind of our main point to, to start our teaching time today. It's this. The problem with my relationships is my broken relationship with God. It's my broken relationship with God. Or in other words, I've fallen in love with the world. I've fallen in love with the world. That's that's the start of it all, the broken relationships. So the question that each one of us is probably asking is, well, what do I do? What, what, What do I do? Well, the first word of the next verse is a little word. It's two letters in the NLT version. It's it's so, is what it says. This tiny little word means here's the solution. So James has told us the problem. Now he's going to give us the solution. And what I'm going to do here is the solutions are going to be what I'm calling stations. I don't know, there's maybe some Catholic, uh, ex-Catholics in here, or maybe you are a Catholic right now and you're checking us out for the first time. Glad to have you. I used to be a Catholic. We had stations of the cross. Not going to exactly do that, uh, but we're going to have what we're calling stations, and it's going to be in a different place of the room. And I'm hoping that you're going to remember these points by the time you leave here today. So the first station is this, humble yourself before God. That's what James tells us to do. Humble yourself before God. And to illustrate that, I have a cross over here. And to illustrate humbling myself before God, I'm just, I'm just gonna kneel. So kneeling before the cross or humbling ourselves before God is kneeling. And James 4, 7 in the first part of the verse says this, humble, so humble yourselves before God, and that's what we're doing. Now, in the New Testament accounts of Jesus's life that we call the Gospels, Jesus talks about how important it is to humble ourselves, and, and in Luke fourteen eleven, Luke Luke writes this down. He says this, uh, and this is Jesus, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So, When I'm kneeling, when I'm humbling myself, what I'm doing is I'm putting myself lower. We talked about humbling in another uh, series, not too long ago, I'm humbling myself. My priority now is lower than God's priority. God's priority is higher than my priority and that's the first thing we need to do is we need to humble ourselves before God. So if we can humble ourselves before God it becomes easier for me to maybe not want to watch that movie even though it's my turn on that particular night because my spouse is all curled up watching her favorite show and the fire's roaring. It's just a really nice time. You know what? I'm going to humble myself. I'm just going to say, you know what? Enjoy your show. I'll watch my movie another time. That's, that's practically what it means to play out in our lives. And so when we humble ourselves before God, humbling ourselves plays out in all other relationships. Maybe you have quarrels with your parents, with siblings, with a spouse, maybe at work or school like I talked about. When you humble yourself before God, that's the start of your relationships being healed. So number one, humble yourself. Kneel before God, kneel before the cross. Number two, it says resist the devil. Resist the devil. Today, these delicious donuts represent the devil, all right? Last week they were deliciousness, but last week I wasn't on a keto diet. I am on a keto diet now. Get thee behind me, Satan. There we go. That's resisting the devil. So remember that. The donuts represent the devil. Resisting those donuts, we throw them into the garbage. That's resisting the devil. James 4, 7, the second part of that verse says this. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Did you you read that? Resist the devil and he will flee from you you struggle with temptation? Do you struggle with stuff in your life? You know, all you have to do is resist, oppose the devil, resist the devil, withstand the temptation of the devil. And when you do that, when you make that line in the sand, there's a promise here. He will flee from you. He will flee from you. So many of us get wrapped up in things and it just feels like there's no out. All you have to do is resist, say no to the devil, and he's going to flee from you. That temptation will be gone. That's what James is telling us here. Uh, Ephesians is also a great place to go to talk about this spiritual warfare that we are encountering. Did you know there's a physical universe and a spiritual universe? Ephesians chapter 6 is a great place to go. Let's go ahead and read that verse. Ephesians 6, 10, 11, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm. We talked about that last week, last week standing firm. You'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Standing firm. And chapter six, if you've never read Ephesians chapter, well, read the whole book, but if you've never read Ephesians six, read that. It talks about the armor of God. We also did a series of, on the Armor of God three years ago. I can't even believe that now. It was three years ago we did the Armor of God series. It's still up on our podcast. I, I looked at for it last night, and it's still there. So if you want to know more about the Armor of God, go back. I think there was an eight-week series we did on the Armor of God. It was awesome. All right, now there's going to be a little interactive here, little interaction, and I am going to grab Sean first because Sean is so intently taking notes that, Sean, can you come up with me? No, you don't need to bring your notes. You have your Bible and your notes, and I know you take notes online. All right, so we're going to go through this together. You don't have to really do anything, but we're just going to come over here. So the first thing is humble yourself before God. So what are you going to do? Kneel. kneel. So go ahead. Kneel. Humble yourself before God. You can get a little lower than that, can't you? Okay, good. That's perfect. Yes, excellent. We really want to kneel. Yeah, bow down before God. Yes, that's what we want to do. Okay, great. Give it up for Sean. All right. What's, what's number two? What's the second thing we need to do? We want to do what? Throw the donut away. We, yeah, but what is the donut? <laughs> it's just, the devil. It's the devil. Let's grab some donuts, Sean. Let's resist the devil. Come on. Let's do it. Throw it away. You're on keto too. Yeah. Woo. Give it up for Sean. That's it. Humble yourselves. Resist the devil. Station number three. This is a scary one because I won't have my notes. Station number three, that's why the lights are on, you guys are going to follow me, turn around, not your chairs, but you can just turn your heads. Station number three is come close to God, right? Come close to God. We talked about that at the end of our our series, Action. So today what I'm going to do is I have a Bible to signify God, illustrating God. So coming close to God is just hugging my Bible. I'm hugging my Bible, I'm coming close to God. So what's the verse we're gonna read? Let's go ahead and read that verse. Bring it up. Come close to God, and what? God will come close to you. Another benefit, if you resist the devil, he'll flee. If you come close to God, hugging your Bible, that's what it's signifying, then he will come close to you. What's the next verse we got? Hebrews 4.16. So let us come boldly, to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. That's the benefit of when we come close to God. Now there's other ways, reading your Bible obviously is a great way to come close to God. Worship, prayer, meditation. You might wanna jot this down. There's a great book by Richard Foster. His name is Richard Foster. It was written, I think, in 1979, but it's still uh, applicable to today. It's called The Celebration of Discipline. The Celebration of Discipline. He goes through 12 different disciplines that you can incorporate into your life as a Christian, and they're really awesome. We, I've done that book a couple times. I've taught it. It's a great book. Um, if you don't get the book, you could also do a Google search, and I'll be careful, Google will take you everywhere, all right? So make sure it's a reputable Christian site, uh, but you can do a Google search too on Christian disciplines and find that out. All right, so I need another volunteer. See how easy that was? I need another volunteer. Will, volunteer with me. Come on. All right. Hey, thanks, Will. All right, so what's station number one? What do we do? Humble ourselves. We humble ourselves before God, and what does that look like? Yeah, we kneel, we kneel, we kneel down. All right, humbling ourselves before God. Great, station number two, what's next? You're not, on, well, you better not eat it because you're going to ruin my illustration. What, do we resist the devil. We resist the temptation of the devil, right? And then what do we do? Oh, you I'm didn't know about that. Yeah, I know this is a new one. I threw a curveball at you. I think it's coming close to God, and how do we, how do, we do that? We hug our Bibles we hug our thank you so much all right give it up for Will good job see who said church is boring this is a lot of fun isn't it and you're learning stuff all right station number four I should have stayed back there wash your hands station number four is wash your hands and guess what we have back here what do we have back here Jerry oh guess what Hand sanitizer. I should have got Will to do that one because Will loves hand sanitizer. So that's that's going to be hand sanitizer. Washing my hands. Let's go ahead and bring up that verse. Wash my hands. What does it say? Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. So he's telling us to wash our hands, to purify ourselves. He's telling us to get rid of of the love that we have for sin that might be in your life or in my life. And this is a daily thing. We purify, we wash our hands on a daily basis. You know, the enemy can so easily kinda creep in there and get us off track. It really can happen in a moment's notice. But if we're, if we're vigilant, if we're diligent in washing and purifying ourselves, um, you know, then that's just gonna keep him away. The world really has a lot to offer us. But we don't need that. We don't need what the world has to offer. We want what God has to offer to us. So we wash our hands and we purify our hearts. Now Jesus has something to say to some scribes and Pharisees and religious leaders back in Matthew. Let's let's read what he said in Matthew. For you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside... You are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. This was part of the seven woes or the seven warnings that Jesus was talking to the religious leaders at the time. They looked good. They did everything. They had those 12 Christian disciplines down. They prayed like nobody else would pray, but inside their hearts were filthy mess. And so I want to go back. Coming close to God, I talked about the disciplines. We're talking about these stations as a reminder. And this is all well and good, but these things are designed to change you. Not just to to do a checklist. Yeah, I read my Bible today. I prayed for 15 minutes. I, you know, visited the sick or whatever. No, these things, the disciplines, these mnemonics we're talking about today, it's designed to change us. The religious leaders didn't let God's word changed them. But they looked good on the outside, didn't they? All right, so I need another person, another volunteer to come and join me. Who's it going to be? I think it should be a student. Yes, it should be a student. Come with me, student. Come with me. All right, so number one is what? Humble. Humble yourself before God. And how do we do that? We kneel. I'll kneel. Yeah, and yeah, that's what we do. I know you're a tall guy, it's okay, it's good. All right, and then after that, what do we do? (laughs) We resist the devil, right? And resisting is going. That was impressive, my friend. That was impressive. Now now what do we got to do? We got to hug a Bible, and that's coming close to God, right? Coming close to God. And you kissed it, too. Hugging and kissing, I love it. All right. And then we have to what? Donut crumbs off us. Get the donut crumbs off us. That's right. You got to wash and purify yourself. I'll do that again. Boy, Will is really jealous and envious right now, aren't you, Will? (laughs) That's twice. I don't think I've used hand sanitizer in two years. All right, give it up for Cole. (laughs) Woo! Station number five, he says, let there be tears. That's just going to be signified by some Kleenex. Let there, let there be tears. Let's go ahead and read that verse. James 4.9, let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Wow, it's kind of dark. James, you kind of turned a corner on us, didn't you? Well, I think it's important for us to consider this because one of our core values here at Connect is fun, and we have a lot of fun. We've had fun today, laughter and fun and hanging out and get to know each other. That's a, a, a value that we hold dear. But there's a place for sadness. There's a place for sorrow, especially when we're, we're, we're talking about maybe sin that has crept into our lives, and we need to repent we need to get that, that sin out of our lives, and we need to ask for forgiveness. And, and part of that is, is letting the tears flow. There's another verse here in Matthew as well. Jesus reinforces this. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And then he says, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now, Jesus isn't talking about death here. This word for mourn can mean death, but in this, it just means generally being sorrowful for whatever you have going on in your lives. And when I read this verse, what I, what I was thinking about is, you know, once in a while, we need to become sorrowful to the point of desperation. And what I mean by that is we need to be desperate to have healing in our hearts, we need to be desperate to have healing in our relationships and in our lives. And we need to desperately seek after Jesus so that he can be the restorer of things in our lives that maybe the enemy has stolen. And you're a Christian and you're following after God, you're following after Jesus, but we need to be desperate for Jesus to restore those things in our lives. And, and, and when we do that, There's going to be emotion that comes out. There's going to be tears, and and that's okay. There's a time and a place for emotion and for tears in our relationship with Jesus. All right, I need my last volunteer. Who's it going to be? Oh, somebody's got to volunteer now. You know how easy this is. Oh, I got a volunteer. Come on up. All right, so now I'm going to put you on the spot because there's a test now. I forgot to tell you that in the beginning. What's number one? Humble. Humble. What do we do? Bow. We kneel and we bow before the Lord. That's right. All right, so number two then, after we humble ourselves, is what? The keto. The keto (laughs) diet. No, don't remember the keto diet. It's resist the devil. This is the devil. Resist the devil. Excellent. Then what do we do? We hug the Bible because we're going to come close to God is what we're doing. We're coming close to God. Excellent. And then we want to do something else with this hand sanitizer. What do we want to do? Hands. We want to wash I'll help you. We want to wash your hands. That was awesome. Get those, those devil crumbs off our hands, right? That's what we want to do. And then the last thing we want to do is tissue for tears. Tissue for tears. Let there be tears. Exactly. Give it up for Christina. Very good. Thank you. All right. The last station I'm going to talk about is not a new one because James goes back. He goes back to humble yourselves before God again. So once again, we find ourselves back where we started. We find ourselves back at the cross, humbling ourselves before God. Let's go ahead and read that verse together. Everybody. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. Changes a little bit there, doesn't he? He says, he will lift you up in honor. You know, when we humble ourselves, um, our relationship with God is restored. And and when that happens, he starts restoring all of the relationships in our lives. And, and I love that word honor right at, there at the end. Because once again, there's another benefit He will lift you up in honor. And we're not talking about lifting up so I'm all prideful and I'm, you know, the bell at the ball or, you know, I'm the big cheese or whatever. No, it's talking about honor being restoring your dignity, raising you up and restoring your dignity, restoring your honor, restoring the happiness in your life. That's what humbling ourselves before the Lord does. That's the benefit is things are restored in your life. And now you have honor before him. We humble ourselves, we are raised, and, and this changes our outlook. This changes our outlook, the way we view ourselves and the way we view life and the way that we view relationships in our lives. Humble yourselves before others. I don't know, I'm, I'm just going to ask a question, this is rhetorical, so think about it. Take inventory of your relationships right now this morning. Is there maybe a relationship that's not quite right? Do you have the power today to maybe change that relationship? Now, I'm not saying it's going to be fully restored to a great relationship, but I'm saying what's your part in this? Do you have a part to play that might make a difference in a relationship in your life? Gene and I have each experienced this in our lives to where we were frustrated with a relationship in our lives. Not, not with each other, but I'm saying other. Well, we've been frustrated. I mean, we're married, right? So there have been those times as well. But what I'm talking about is with other people. And you know what? We humbled ourselves, and we, we went to that person and said, hey, is there anything going on? Is there something that I need to apologize about? Or, you know, I just kind of feel that, that things aren't quite right. And you know what? The Lord healed those relationships. It's an amazing thing. When we humble ourselves before the Lord, he will lift you up in honor and he will restore relationships in your life. And it all starts with our broken relationship with God first. Once that's restored and we start looking at all these other things, we start resisting the devil. We start coming close to God on a consistent basis day in and day out. We pray about washing our hands and purifying our hearts. We let tears flow if they need to. And then we find ourselves all the way back to humbling ourselves once again before the Lord. And he will lift you up in honor. We talk about next steps each week. In your notes, there's next steps. And on the other side of the connection card, there's next steps too. If you want to grab those connection cards, I'd greatly appreciate it. What's it for you today? What's going to be your action step? What's going to be your takeaway today from today's teaching? Maybe you need to begin following Jesus. I I say that every week. That's how we started off because that's the most important thing. You saw what James said. There's quarrels and fights among you. What's the first thing you need to do is humble yourself before God. Maybe you've never done that before. Today's your day. Check that one if that's what you need to do. Maybe it's number two. I realized today that I've been the problem in my relationships. That's a tough reality. That's a tough reality. Sometimes it's us. Sometimes we're the problem in the relationship. We need to be honest today and say, you know what? God, I need help in that area in my life. I don't want to be the problem in my relationships. So help me in this area. And a little third one, I realized today that I've been cheating on God. Maybe you enjoy the world. There's a the world has a lot to offer. But are we loving the world more than we're loving God? We need to live in the world, folks. I know that. We need to interact with those that, that don't have the same mindset as we do. And, and that's, God calls us to do that. That's called being on mission. But are you getting consumed and loving the world. That's the problem. That means you're cheating on God. And then the last thing is, I'm gonna practice the five stations. And I hope today through this illustration that you'll remember what James is telling us to do. Humble ourselves before the Lord, and that's represented by kneeling. Resist the devil. Now you won't ever look at a donut the same way again, will you? (laughs) Sorry. Come close to God. Love the Bible. Love the Christian disciplines. Wash and purify your hands by using a hand sanitizer and then letting tears flow if you need to in your life. It's okay. I'm going to ask the band to come forward and I'm going to ask us to bow our heads so that we can pray. Father God, I thank you today, Lord, for this teaching that's just so really rich in James. I thank you, God, that as we humble ourselves before you, you are faithful, so faithful, to help restore our relationships. And so I pray for those that maybe have realized that, you know, it's me, it's me today. I pray for those people. I I pray for those that maybe they've realized that they're really loving the world a little more than they should, and it's affecting their relationship with you and It could maybe be classified as cheating on you. That's what James says. And I also pray for those that are maybe going to practice these five stations that we've talked about today, these five things, the solutions to the quarrels and the fights that we have in our lives, what James encourages us to do. So I pray for those here this morning, God, that you'll help us this week. And, and if that's you, that you, you need to start this relationship with Jesus. As we're bowed in his presence and our, our eyes are closed, I'm just going to pray a prayer over you, and you just pray along with me as I pray. Father God, I thank you for sending Jesus to be my Savior. i make making it a personal declaration today, and, and now I just pray, Jesus, that you would take my sin away. I believe that you died for me and you rose again, and now... Now I I have relationship with you and the Father, and so the Holy Spirit now is going to come and change me from the inside out so that I might have this dynamic relationship with you. And so help me to live these stations out in my life each and every day. I thank you for this gift of salvation. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.